Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, there we are, putting my earpiece in, like a total non-pro. Hi, everybody. My name is Luke Thomas. It is uh, the 30th of December, 2019, and it is time for Morning Combat. What a what a uh, series of fails this morning has been. Now, I got here on time, which is more than I can say for my trusty co-host, Brian Campbell, but I didn't have my earpiece in because I'm just so derailed by everything. Uh, welcome, for jo- uh, welcome to everyone. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Here's what today was supposed to be. I think it still will be. We're not going to do decades best. We're not going to do our awards because every other show does that and it's really lame. We decided why not just do the top five stories that matter to us most in and out of combat sports. A uh, little bit of a weekend pre- review and then we'll get into all of that. And it actually turns out that just before we uh, started here, he only lives, I'm not making this up, he lives four miles away. And he was still somehow 20 minutes late, but it's my friend and yours, Brian Campbell from CBS Sports. I would love to know. Yo, Happy New Year, Luke. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. Let's do this well, thing. Why you were so late. I brought the total package. You sickened me. All right, all right, all right. Am I on? Is this thing on? You're on. Live? You're on and Happy sweating. New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year, fuckface. I had a travel morning from hell, Luke. Okay? I, I want to explain something to you. Do you understand that I could take a later train... And if everything went fine, I'd still get her on time. Here's what I do. I take the train so early that if there's problems, I still get here on time. Well, that's I what do you, as well. Would that's you, what you need to Would you to have guessed doing. it would take five hours to commute from Connecticut to, uh, yes. to uh, this, yes. uh, this Jersey Swamp? Well, yes. hey, we made it. End of the year bash. No, this is not the great beer tasting episode. No, it's not Luke's life versus mine for control and power. But we want to celebrate what has been in a... This show's been a tremendous discovery. I forgive to, you for to your To both of our careers, you know? We've, we've built a family of I, weirdos. I here. forgive you for your non apology. Oh, boy. I sound like my wife. This is great. This is great. You got to say you're sorry. All right, all right. Hey, check out the build on this guy. And he, and he doesn't. Right here, all right? He, won't. This is he great. refuses. Uh, all right. Look, well, we need to celebrate this year, all right? Uh, do we? In the worst possible fashion? I mean, I'm, I'm sweaty. I got rained on. I, you, zero sympathy for me. All right. Zero. All right. Right. You got to get up earlier, bro. What time do you get up to come to the show? Uh, very early. What time okay. do you get up to come to the show? I don't need to disclose the personal details. What time of my do you life? get up? Is this an interrogation? My check's still going to clear. It is Showtime still going to clear. I don't sign, those, I don't sign those checks. All right. What All time right. do you get up? All right. Very early. You want to move on with. Uh... And in just a minute, I get up at 4 30. 
4 30. And I'm and I I'm I'm four hours away, never late. That's so very uh, Joe so, Rogan of you. Very, just want to point that out. Very uh, Tony Robbins. I appreciate it. All that. right, now we have this bucket of beer here for Mr. Non-Apology. It is cold. I do apologize to the listeners for coming in. Thank late you. That's and all we needed. Thank all right, you so much. So uh, it is cold. Now here's what we did. Did you pick out the beers? Because I didn't I pick did out not. The beer. This is our trusty staff. You just here. told them what you liked. Yeah. I told them I what said, I surprise liked. Surprise me. And the producers put it together. So you said what? IPAs that are fruity? I said I, I can do fruity. You know? So how about this one? I'm just going to hand you what's up. Dogfish Head, which is, I think, a brand out of, like, Delaware. They have the Super 8, Super Goss, Goes. I've never seen this one. Our Sessional Goss, Goes, brewed with a bevy of, I can't even read this anymore. I'm going to jump right in. Don't Heroic even, don't Fruits even go and deep. Quinoa pours a deep, vibrant red with an ample addition of Hawaiian sea salt. That's right. for you. This one's for uh, Kendall Grove. Thank you. Shout out. This is uh, Grim Heliogram. This is a dry hop sour ale. I'll pass on that. The show's pretty good, though. Uh, here we it's go. It's free beer, Luke. Oh, you, have, you know yeah. what? It's Delirium Tremens. You can't go wrong with old Delirium Tremens. I told him I wanted Belgian beer. So I'm just going to have that. Oh, yes. That, we might need that as well. Well, we are here to celebrate today, Luke. Okay? Are we? A 2019 of combat, our arrival on the scene. We're the most destructive combat brothers since the Melendezes. We're on fire right now. Who are the Melendez? Oh. Are they combat brothers, or are they just murderers? Well, they, yeah, well. Uh, All right, so here's what we're going to do. We have to do a bit of a weekend review. Yes. And then we're going to get into the way they apparently want to structure it is my top five, which we'll kind of burn through all of them. Yeah, we want to look at our best of the decade. I'm not talking about what's your best round of the decade, Luke. I mean, what's your best damn moments of the year? All right. right? Like, I was saying the most th- the things when we think about 2019 in, in our lives, combat sports and outside, what really stood out to yeah. us is the and way I've explained MK that. this MKUltra life that we built right here, all right, right? let me pour this out, then we'll toast it, and then we will begin the weekend review, okay? That's pretty nice and cold. Here we go. Hey, this Here's is the swimming with bow-legged women. This is the tip-on-tip action right there. You Salute. heard that? All right. Mm, that's good. Mm. That's really good. Uh, Two-drink minimum on set today, I heard. All right. All right, so let's do this. Uh, I guess I'll go to this camera. Over the weekend, Showtime right here, Showtime Sports. Had a card down in Atlanta, Georgia. Your headlining action jumping up a weight class to 135. Javante Davis taking on Yuri Yorkis Gamboa. He wins via 12th round stoppage after not one, not two, but three knockdowns. So in this voyage into 135, I thought there was some good, Brian. I thought there was some bad. First of all, let's talk about the bad up front because we have to. The reason why is he nearly missed weight going up a weight class. Now, he eventually made it with a second attempt after two hours in the commission. A little bit disconcerting that he did. Plus, I thought Paulie Malignaggi, who was the commentator that night, was pretty fair about it. In these bursts, I thought his power did carry over into 135. His speed was still electrifying. Um, his accuracy, his timing, he was really good about splitting Gamboa's timing, but then he would have these moments where he would kind of take rounds off, which he's been accused of doing, but you thought up a weight class, maybe this wouldn't be an issue. Now, on the good side, as I mentioned, some of the things I just talked about with his boxing technique, plus, dude, that crowd was all about him, and I was telling the producers here, I went bar hopping that night in D.C. because I had some friends from out of the country that just wanted to go around. We ended up in a place that caters to like an African-American establishment. We walk upstairs and all the other bars in the row were all showing Clemson and everything else. This particular club, it was nothing but Gervonta Davis all the way around. He really seems to be making inroads. They had celebrities there. So to me, I thought there was some good. I thought there was some bad. But there's some big questions about whether not that he can be a star, but you know, are you going to be the boxer that we think you can be? The flashes are there. I don't know if the rest of it is there yet. Yeah, I called it a very uneven performance in my recap on CBS Sports, and, and you nailed it. 
the big displays of power were undoubtedly there. That's what you come to see with Gervonta. Should he have allowed, though, a 38-year-old Yuriyukis Gamboa, who, by the way, beer foul or not here, uh, came to win that fight, was willing to put his shield on the line, a guy who wasn't noted for having a great chin, even though he's been an explosive fighter throughout his career, let him hang around, also with an injured right leg, and almost finished the fight. There was a lot to like. There's a commercial side to boxing. There's a critical side. Commercial side, you said it. He nailed it. 15,000 people can't be wrong. He is a moving attraction, a traveling show. People come to see him. But you have to deliver up to the hype. It may be one of those where you can look back on years and go from now and go on his box rec page and be like, oh, KO 12, man. Gamboa must have really pushed him. That's a good win against a very strong veteran opponent. True. But that's also a win you can pick a lot of holes in because... At this point, at 25, having already endured the sort of public shame, if you will, when he was in that co-main event bout on the Maymac card a couple years back, when he got that big platform and he missed weight, lost his belt on the scales, really seemed to learn from that. He's a new father since then. He's turned a lot of things around, and he's had a hell of a year with three knockouts. But he didn't come in on weight the first time, and that played out during the fight, I think, if you can connect the dots, when he had those big-time stamina drops in there. You can't win against elite fighters throwing 15 punches around. He let Gamboa hang around, and he didn't show the complete performance that by far he's capable of. And that's why in 2020, the competition's going to have to raise up because you can only learn so much about yourself when you're blowing guys away up to a certain level. This was certainly a learning experience overall, but for him to be able to outbox an elite fighter for 12 rounds, if he has to, right. you have to go through these experiences and you have to shine through them. Saved himself with the knockout, but he there was a, a lot of criticism to come if that didn't happen. He was so. able to play with his food. The question is, what happens when he can't? That wasn't a question for Saturday in Atlanta, but it's one going forward. Now, in that co-main event, Badu Jack taking on John Pascal... I thought it was a no. I thought it was a great fight. I did not think it was a fight of the year contender. You seem to think it was. Don't, don't misunderstand me, Brent. I I enjoyed it. Like the the, the the fourth round knockdown, then the twelfth round knockdown, trading back and forth. Badu being the clinical guy, uh, Pascal being just your heavier, crazy fighting spurts kind of guy. I enjoyed it. But that wasn't anything compared to Spence Porter. Well, you're hard to satisfy in general. That is true. But uh, look, this was damn right a fight of the year contender. I would have put it at the back end of my top five. And another reason why I hate when outlets jump the gun on December 5th and put out their awards for the year. I hate that. There's no rush. Nothing goes on in combat the first three weeks of January. We all know that. Everybody wants to be first, though. Both guys put it on the line. These are two... Guys that kind of fit into what I love. Hashtag old guy fights. Guys that still have something left in the tank, but they're certainly past their prime. And what this produced was a blood and guts back and forth war that you had to be entertained. And what a turnaround for Jean Pascal, who's got a killer resume. He's fought everybody, but we had left him for dead a couple times in recent years when he's lost the guys on the way up. And we said, okay, that's it. He's chinny. It's the end of the line. He comes back this year, knocks out Marcus Brown for a secondary title, and then beats Badu Jack. Close fight could have gone either way. I did want to circle back on Gervonta, though, something. Quick. About the idea of what is next and how big of a 2020 he needs to have. Commercially, he's there. He's where he needs to be to begin to make that leap to the pay-per-view level. You need the dance partners. You need to be willing, and you need to chase them. It's kind of not his fault. His year was supposed to start in 2019 with that Abner Mara showdown in March on Showtime. Last minute, Mara's pulled out. All Gervonta did in the meantime was knock dudes out when they got in there against them until Saturday night, where it was a little bit more of a test. It's time now. Whether you're welcoming in Leo Santa Cruz, who is very hungry and wants to be in there, or whether we can begin to bang the drum for those cross-network, cross-platform fights, this division is loaded with young big names. The Devin Haney's of the world, the Ryan Garcia's, who's calling out Tank. I saw. Vasily Lomachenko. Tank just won the secondary version of that WBA title, which Vasily Lomachenko is the WBA champion. I want to start... 
hearing about these fights being cooked up. And I need Gervonta to step up and say, I want these fights as well. Yeah, 25 years old. If you're going to make that next leap into pay-per-view, I want to see some pay-per-view-worthy opponents. So he looked good, but there were some questions that remain. The, the one piece of MMA content that I want to get to before we start our top five, God, this was bad. This was bad, dude. Ooh. Fedor fought Rampage in Japan. I'll give Fedor credit. I'll drink to that. Right. Yeah, I'll give Fedor credit. I thought he looked uh, about as good as you could expect. The crowd seemed to be well... Uh, 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 the, the, the Saitama Super Arena was well attended. I thought Rampage's walkout with the Pride theme was great. Fedor looked good in terms of uh, getting the crowd hyped. Um, the, the, the ramp that they were on, it had all the theatrics you could really want. So on the one hand, I sort of appreciate what Bellator was trying to do there. They love that nostalgia, romanticism angle. This was, this was terrible. Uh, there's really no way to go about it. Again, I don't blame Fedor for it. Rampage seemed utterly unprepared. Now, there's, it's interesting. No one is more in the old guy business. You were talking about Badu Jack right. and, and Jean Pascal. That's a competitive Pascal. old guy fight, yes. Well, those guys are still top 10 at right. light heavyweight. We're not talking about that anymore at heavyweight. These are long past top 10 rankings. I wrote an article several years ago saying that people who thought, for example, that either Chael threw the fight against Tito or other ones you could have looked at, that I understand why you might look at it that way, but it's just not rational. If you, we've certainly seen thrown fights. Taehyung Bang and Leo Koontz got in trouble. Remember Taehyung Bang went to jail for it in Korea, South Korea? But the, ch the chances are you have seen a thrown fight. It's just that you didn't know it. They were very good about concealing it. I do not think under any capacity that rampaged the real fight. Here's Not what I, in the traditional sense, but did but he this do is, it? But this is my point, right? You invite this kind of skepticism, however irrational it might be, when you have a guy that you trot out there as utterly unprepared as at heavyweight as he was. Yeah. This was a terrible showing. You know, I don't know what Scott Coker is going to do about it because if you think about it, remember, Rampage had his little fiasco when he fought Fabio Maldonado in the UFC. That was during Scott Coker's reign. Then he comes back. Well, dude, Scott Coker's going to do nothing. Let's look back to when Kimbo well, Slice don't you, don't you, failed that drug test and he was already setting up dates in Europe for Kimbo Slice. Scott Coker's going to do nothing in this Okay, stuff. but if, you, uh, if you're a promotional partner who's working with Rampage Jackson, you've done as much as you can for the guy in terms of giving him the fights and the places that he wants to fight, and he shows up like that. It was disgraceful, man. Uh, it was absolutely disgraceful. And look, what Rampage did is he broke the code of what we're doing here. This is the other end of old guy fights. I love them. I slop them up. I eat them. It's gas station food. But Luke, it's a carnival and a circus, one that Bellator has really cornered the market on over the years. But what we sort of sign up for is that at least come in the best shape you can, at least go after it. And usually if these things are done right, they'll end quick enough. No one has to take any extended damage. We get that nostalgic drug that we're looking for. We'll typically get a sloppy little brawl because that's the whole thing about why old guy fights work and why we love them. You got a little bit of diminished skills between named guys. It's fun. Rampage broke that code. He came in disturbingly out of shape. He had been out of shape for that recent run when he was up at heavyweight. You know, a little, little, little pot belly there. But, you know, it's fine. He's still a tough guy. You're not going to submit him. You're not going to knock him out. He's still one of those guys. This was an absolute FU to the integrity of not just the sport, but the idea of these old guy fights. You need to sort of stay in the old guy code. If you're going to be in a circus fight, you got to at least take care of yourself coming in and not have this type of ending. Because we don't want to feel bad about ourselves when we're watching this slop. It's already bad enough. And when you come in there at that level out of shape, it's just like this is, this is sad. This is disgusting. Mm -hmm. I want nothing to do with this. Fedor gained nothing from this. Now, can you gauge Fedor's expression? No. You once interviewed him and ruined an interview I was supposed to have right after you, by the way, by asking him about his favorite books, hashtag never forget. But 
He's never going to give you an expression, yet he even looks sort of extra sad, like, come on, dude, get the hell up. Let's do this thing. Yeah. I mean, and then taking a picture with Fedor, it's like, I don't mind sportsmanship, and, but and after putting, a performance like that, it just looks exploitative Putting on Instagram and, and sort of, you know... It was just... it was. And, I, and here's the other part. Saying like, I'm still cashing checks, that kind of stuff. I mean, like... Right. The haters don't understand I'm still cashing checks. It's like, dude, but you shouldn't be for performances like that. And I'm not asking him to finish the job and get knocked out cold. I'm no, asking him no, to, no. To, to compete. Yeah. So you get to a certain level where you can't wear the sweatshirt to the weigh-in. We're going to see what's really going on. I mean, you got to go in the pool with your shirt off. That's the rules. He came in there, and right. it, it was really set. Yeah, well, we got to move along. We don't have more time for it. But the Ryzen takes place, I think, tonight, heading into Tuesday. So I mean, you never know what's going to happen. An old guy fight, he walked in. I thought we might see a pregnancy. I thought we might see a birth. Someone give birth. I mean, it was like it was like Arnold and Junior. This is the thing. It's like we're blaming Rampage. But another part is like, dude, if you're Bellator and you're Scott Coker, Belt, he already did the whole thing with Fabio Maldonado in 2015. And then on top of that, it's like, dude, you know, you book old guy fights, they, they just end weird, man. And they don't, they, they, don't, they don't go the way they're always supposed to. You don't want scrutiny for people saying you threw a fight. I get it. I don't think anyone did. You keep booking fights like this, you're going to keep getting questions like this. Okay, time for a, a, a transition if we can, Brian. All right, let's go through my top five. So you pick top five best stories of 2019 that inside and outside of combat sports. Yes. We're going to get to them in a minute. Let's go through mine. And we don't have time for all of these because I want to make sure we get to the stuff that really matters the most. But I do think, Brian, that this one does, in fact, matter. My number five, the welterweight division. And I wrote from the, you know, from Ben Askren's, he had a great run, then it was a collapse. The return of Nate Diaz. Anthony Pettis had a bit of a resurgence, although he had, a, you know, his own issues there. Jorge Masvidal to Colby Covington, and then Kamaru setting the world ablaze. Even as we carry over into 2020, Connor's going to fight Cerrone up there. So I get it's partly like a halfway step. To 155, so I'm kind of cheating the margins here a little bit on this one, which I recognize. But still, Brian, I don't. F we'll talk about some stuff that happened in other divisions with individual fighters. But to me, no division was hotter, no division mattered more across the sport for the things that we cared about the most, from manufacturing a BMF title to everything else, than the welterweight division in 2019. What do you think of when you think of the welterweight division? Uh, I think of, I think of Jorge Masvidal. He's the winner. I hate when people do. Who won the year? He's the winner of this damn year by far, yeah, by far, whether you wanted him as your fighter of the year or not. But you make a great point. The welterweight division became the sex division this year. Normally that's reserved for the few times heavyweight's hot or light heavyweight or, or, lightweight. or lightweight right now, yeah. which is the deepest and darkest division in, in, in good ways. Uh, this, they made marquee moments happen. This was a fun-ass year, largely because of that. Yeah, so heading into the next year, as I mentioned, Connor's going to go there. I'm kind of cheating the sides here. Uh, getting to it, but I always say this, you look at the different organizations, like bigger ones globally, their two best divisions, they might have a star here or a star there or whatever, but their two best divisions are probably going to be 155 and 170. It's just the center of the tennis racket, man. It's where when you hit it, it you don't feel any vibrations back in the wrist, and this is proof of that. Now, yes, this is the marquee of all the marquees, but you mentioned Jorge Masvidal. Real quickly on him, he and... You see him and Cejudo going back on fourth yesterday on Twitter? I did not see that. Yeah, Cejudo is trying to claim fighter of the year. He's now, got a claim. He's top three in my mind. He's got, a claim. Uh, he's got a claim to being on the short list. I don't think he's... Well, Jesus, that sounded mean. Uh, <laughs> but he's got a claim. He doesn't have the same... Like, here's what Jorge Masvidal did. There are all these guys in these divisions at 155 and 170 who are all really good for a really long time, but they kind of stay that way. And then there are the guys, sometimes through popularity, sometimes through popularity and a win, usually the combination of the two, that elevate themselves out of the trenches. Nate Diaz did it a few years ago with Conor McGregor. 
Jorge did it this year. And he didn't just go from journeyman to superstardom pay-per-view headliner level. In the process, he became a legitimate title contender and is on the outskirts of the Pound for Pound top 10. Like, you couldn't script a more impressive, insane year. Right, and I, I think doing that at welterweight is harder than doing that in other divisions. Now, Hor- uh, Henry's claim is that he went up in weight class, which is tremendous. Okay, fine. But remember, Jorge Masvidal, who used to be a 155er, has gone up to 170 and put a claim there, and now done really well. That's not the same thing as going being the champion, I recognize. Still, though, dude. Well, I mean, pretty, what Henry could probably impressive. claim is he might have the, the best two wins of the year combined together. I thought the best oh, win... Oh, Dillashaw and then this? Like, I thought the, the best, best win of the year was Adesanya over Whitaker. I thought that was the most valuable, most impressive... Uh, that's part of the currency why I'm arguing Adesanya as your fight of the year. I have no problem with anybody picking Jorge. So Hudo, though, for the two fights he did fight in that six-month stretch, it's pretty damn All right, we got to move along here. My number four was Tech Bros taking L. Did you follow the story? No, what's, you know, first of all, you putting that beer through college? What's going on? Yeah, I am. It's still, it's cold. Uh, it's still cold. Uh, here, here's why I wanted to, here's why I wanted to think about it. You had the whole HQ2 thing happening with Amazon, where they're like, they had this whole bid to have cities give them enormous to, you know, utterly irresponsible tax breaks, including changing the names of cities to bring Amazon there. And then ultimately, where do they just settle on? They settle on the, probably the places they were going to go anywhere, just outside Washington, D.C. New York decided to bail on them, but they're going to bring some offices to Manhattan just the same. So it was a bit of a bad look for Amazon. Then on top of that, I don't know if you followed the story of WeWork. Yes. You ever see? You ever like looked at the rates for the WeWork offices? I have not. Dude, they're out of control high, and then it turns out you had this uh, crazy as a you know, shit house rat CEO who was out of his mind. They try. They have these enormous losses. They try to get an EPO th- or IPO through. Excuse me, EPO. They try to get an IPO. That through, was TJ Dillashaw. And it was a total disaster. Then on top of that, you had uh, Uber coming back down to earth this year. If there was one lesson. In the year in tech, beyond the consumer gadget side of things, it was this was the year that the bros who believe in the solutionism of their genius ideas took a big fat L. By the way, this is your slapdick. You get on me all the time. Oh, somebody hitting the dog. It's a Campbell yeah. uh, original. This is your version of slapdick. You love clowning on nerdy white guys. Yeah, I do. You're right. That's why you're here. All right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, by the way, I don't normally get. I don't normally rock out with the goes. How is it? Is the it super good? goes. Fantastic. Hey, this, yeah. This is great. It looks cool. Uh, we'll skip that one. Let's go to number three, the rise of Adesanya. Two things happened in 2019. We saw the end of it with Volkanovski. Obviously, he's Australian. Uh, but more than that, you had the rise of Oceania, the rise of New Zealand. But no one was more important in that effort than Israel Adesanya in doing what he did. Obviously, it goes back to 2018 to really capture the full breadth of the experience. But the capstone to it with the fights in Atlanta and then ultimately the ones in back in Australia at the Rod Laver Arena where he beats uh, Robert Whitaker. Or was it Marvel Stadium? Excuse me. I think it was Marvel Stadium. Uh, Rod Laver was the Silva fight. Yes. In any event, uh, just an incredible run. They the call con- it Rod Laver, by the way, most parts of the world. Just keep, keep calling them. I like to say Laver. You like to laver yourself yeah. up. Point being is you just don't see rises like this very often. You saw John yes. Jones do something similar. Habib's wasn't quite as quick because he had some injury in between. But you just knew you were watching a rocket ship to the stars. And I often said this which was, we always talk about the rest of the world catching up to MMA, but if you look at what they're doing in, in that part of the world, and particularly in that gym city kickboxing, they didn't just catch up, they've lapped the world in certain capacities, which was something I don't think the language we use to describe globalization of MMA really ever fundamentally captured. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, look, this was a, a hell of a year. That's why I wanted to make that claim for Adesanya as your fight of the year. It's very rare that you enter with so much hype, people critically doubting you because you're so flashy, you can talk, 
and you're trying to make that claim that I'm a generational talent right now and to back it up at the level he did with three fights. Good God, it's so weird. When I'm going over my boxer and MMA fighters of the year and you're doing the debates and you're forming the, the year-end stories, MMA had three, four, five, six legitimate contenders for fighter of the year. Three or four of those years are like slam dunk years that would have won at any other time where I feel like boxing, for whatever reason, had some very good years. There's an argument at the top. Did you like Canelo more? Did you like Spencer Pacquiao? Some very good years. Yeah. MMA this year had some breakout campaigns, some monster years. Some of that is obviously due to the more intense matchmaking that the UFC goes through. You gotta, it's gotta fight all killer, no filler. But even under that guise, uh, did anyone do anything more successful at the highest level than Adesanya? Masvidal splashed the pot. Right. But Adesanya, critically, man, that's a year that'll go up there in history. In terms of raising this, the, his visibility, no one did what Jorge And he authored the fight of the year on top of that right. and, and survived it. But my point being is for Adesanya, for that run he was on from, was it February of 2018, all the way until the moment where he captured the title, it's just the stuff of legend. And again, to do it from a part of the country where, excuse me, part of the world, rather, that is not historically known for that level of achievement and then to just take the and under intense and unrelenting skepticism about his upside uh pretty important there as well we move to my number two story i have to go to the tight shot here apparently oh, wow. uh aunt becky might go to prison oh boy cut it out hey, you look like a dave coulier no, you don't mean a that. sweaty I dave thought coulier. read a song about me all right yeah, did she? Well, I'm only going to go that far. Uh, she did. You ought to know. The, the, theater. the big hit. All right. In yeah. any event, she, the uh, Aunt Becky character, there was this whole college admission scandal. The FBI uncovered all of these rich people were either paying people to take tests for their stupid kids or creating false identities or creating false resumes around the identities to get their kids into the elite of society for colleges. Not because it meant anything more than assuring their status for their progeny. Yeah. Uh, but just to do that, which lays bare all of the claims of meritocracy in this Look country. At social Robin Hood. Luke Thomas. Well, just don't you find it? Don't you, elite, don't, you, right? don't you find it just so representative of the age that we have this these contests of meritocracy, which really the, the game is just rigged anyway? Don't you feel that I'm way? Gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna check my dictionary afterwards to fill up the, most of that sentence. But uh, hey, the the mighty go down, and Luke Thomas was there to celebrate their L's. This is great. The mighty, yes, but not because they're mighty, because they're mighty and they're scoundrels. Hey, I never saw that coming with Aunt Becky, but at like what 55, still got it. Yeah, well, Felicity Huffman, I still believe. Still got it. I know, had, I know you're trying to move past the conversation. But. She had. Oh, you, she had to go, uh, I think, to like do modest time, like weekend time. You ever have a friend get DUI and have to do weekend jail? Uh, no, I hang around with a higher, higher Oh, grade. do you? Is that who you hang around with at yeah. the gas station? Yeah. A buddy of mine got a DUI, managed to figure out a way to go to jail on the weekends. So, so we'd always pick him up on Sunday and ask him if he could give us a ride to the liquor store, which he never really found very funny. All right, I we got to take a break so we get a taste test going here, Luke, all right? What do you know? You got to jump in with something else here. What do you got? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break in on that. Oh, second. here we go. Take one of those. I like how you're breezing past any of my stories of significance. Oh, well, you know, you, you get so anal, I got to get to my other job. I got to get, look, some yeah, of us. Yeah, I have bills to pay. Some of us take days off from their other job to, in order to do this show. I take the right? days off that I have. All right, all right. This is, look, I'm not a Belgian guy. We've been down this road before. You, uh, you'll like this one. I've, I've had this many times. It, it's friggin' fantastic. Yeah, it's good. All right. What do you think? Give us the review. Give us the old... Uh... And I know that, you know, five years ago, this was the top of the line for that category. Since then, it's passed. But mm. it it, uh, it gives me the feels, all right, on the inside. You like the little it's straw color that it comes in? <sighs> Looks like piss, but that's fine. You it know? Not, what does your piss look like? You want to... No. Okay. <laughs> all right. 
All right, uh, where are we on with you? What, what's, uh, your, what's your number one? What's what? your moment of the year in 2019? I Luke? think I think my number one, and I think you might agree with this because it's true in sports, but it's also true out of sports. 2019 was the year that the streaming wars became official. You have Netflix, HBO Now slash HBO Go. You have what's coming, Peacock. That's a real streaming service that's coming. But you already had Netflix. Apple Plus came on board. Plus, we know on the sports side of things, the two big competitors, of course. By the way, Flow Sports is kind of hanging out there. But the real two big dogs, well, they are kind of hanging out there. I mean, unless you're like they amateur had D- wrestling, they're kind of dead, right? They had DC United rights. And any of what says something about DC United. But the two big ones are DAZN and ESPN+. Let me say two things I think most folks get wrong about this debate. One about DAZN. 90% of DAZN's business is outside of the United States. Yes. And they've even said, they have even said, you cannot compete in any market, whether it's the United States <clears throat> or any other one, unless you've got top-tier rights. There's a lot of money that they have put into boxing. But eventually, here's my belief. That money is going to get spent on premier 100%. rights fees. And a lot of the money they've been putting into boxing is going to contract. Boxing is their gateway drug to be able to get into the U.S. sports market because there's no leagues, really. There's no organization. You can pick and choose, grab a promoter. So I'll give DAZN credit. They had a great 2019. I didn't think they were the network of the year necessarily in boxing, but they were close. They put on big fights that matter. They put on creative fights. You sort of, if you're a fan of boxing, you're like, well, I know Canelo. I know Triple G. I know Anthony Joshua. Well, all three of those are on the same network. So I give them the credit. It hasn't been a perfect year for them. I mean, are you... A big YouTube guy against YouTube uh, well, that, slain that action. Well, that tells me that what they're doing is they're biding time for the big dog. But I agree that's, with that's your freak show shit. overall theory that this is just them making a splash. They're throwing money away in boxing to try to create a foothold while they're cashing in around the world. And then eventually when they get those NFL rights or that whatever. Yeah. This is this is just them putting money in boxing as a showcase to the, to the various leagues that when their rights fees or rights opportunities become available, they can say, see how well we did with this? We had the number one boxer, blah, 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 blah. And then half that shit's going so out the window. So fans can enjoy it in the meantime because you're paying less for pay-per-view quality fights, but that bubble's going to burst. Also, I don't ever hear John Skipper talking about, like, I hear him talking about what Canelo does for their subscription fees and how he helped actually change their modeling. Because remember, they, they gave the first fight away for free. They stopped doing that shit for the second and third fight completely. I never hear him say anything about Bellator, ever. I wonder what happens with the money that they've given them. It'll be curious Maybe to see Maybe if that. you party with them, you can get some answers. And then, of course, you had ESPN+. Plus. No. I don't part. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Hardy, har, har, drug addiction. Uh, and then, of course, you're the, least- you're the worst. You're, you're, you just you just stunt the growth of any any possible joke erection. You're just, just no. You're I just, just I don't. I, I'm not like the donks who hysterically laugh like hyenas at everything you say. You got to have a real zinger for me to get a good, yeah, little, right, good laugh. Right. But it also brings us to ESPN Plus, which is very different because it's part of a larger sporting ecosystem. What are your impressions about what happens for ESPN Plus in 2020? Uh, from a combat sense or from a larger sense? Larger sense. I don't know. I don't know, Luke. I mean, yeah, look, they're not going to fail. When you have that brand behind it, it's priced correctly, no, it's doing well. and they're really spread out across the board. There's a, there's a look right now. When you're looking at the zone, it's really combat or nothing. I know they've got some fringe things on the side, but ESPN has done a good job at sort of well rounding it and giving a lot of people a reason to get in on that. And with that ESPN Disney engine behind it. You're not going to That modeling is the best because you have Hulu, which is for adults. You've got Disney Plus, which is ostensibly for children and everyone in between. And then you got the sports component as a bundle. Last thing I say about this, I said people get two things wrong. One, DAZN's business is largely outside of the country. Second, second is uh, there is, it's not a zero-sum game, right? There are going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. But to me, it's like you ever seen people like, oh, I subscribe to a bunch of magazines. 
and then you check and they only subscribe to like three or four, the ones who really say they subscribe, yeah. it's going to be like that in the Barber end. Barbershops so, and doctor's offices, the only right. people left That's on right. That. So exactly who, who wins and who loses, I don't know. But the idea there'll be one or two, I don't actually Hey, buy. I've got a uh, American Beauty Hazy Ripple IPA here from Dogfish. I'm very Grateful Dead inspired. Look, do you ever get into the dead hardcore? In your I'd life? rather die than listen to... Scarlet Begonia. Fuck the Grateful Dead. Wow. Worst band, that's worst so fans. That's so misguided. That's only, so... Only fans that's... worse are Fish fans because they think their music's actually better when it's the same. Wow. Chris de Blasio knocking on your door. Wow. Um, I would call you a boomer, yet it's the boomers that are the dead fans. That's right. Um, really, Luke? I don't like them. I mean, I was on the outside looking in for many years, and certainly if you needed a gateway drug to get into the dead, there's... Which a, you do. There's a lot of gateway drugs that'll get you into the dead, yeah. but um, wow. I, ha- I, had a, I had a three-year window in my life where... I was so, I mean, I had, you know, 400 live discs. I was to the point where I could hear five seconds of the song and tell you the year live that it was. Yeah, but you have terrible taste in things. This is very on brand for you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you, you, you don't respect the, the jam band art in any, on any level? Um, I won't say that. You don't respect the idea of catching feels off the rhythm. The, the, if you're uh, high on quaaludes, maybe. No, even, so, even sober, Luke. I'm trying to understand. Dude, no one listens to the Grateful Dead sober and claims to like it. Well, it's not, I think, that's not what you do. I think people who used to get high still listen to the Grateful Dead and try to remember what it used to feel like, right? Which is fine. Dude, if you want to get high and listen to the Grateful Dead and just kind of zone out, whatever. I don't really have an issue. But you can't be like playing the music sober and be like, wow, isn't this great? No, if, okay. You want to talk about Pink Floyd? I can give you that argument that it's more of a, a drug band. Grateful Dead sort of passes past that. Do they? You don't, you don't see the art in that? Who? Grateful Dead? The songwriting, the, the country rock influence, any of that. Oh, you mean are they derivative of the various musical influences of their time and then combine it in a relatively unique way along with a traveling circus slash drug medicine show kind of vibe? Yeah, sure, they did all of that. Do I like that shit? No, I have ears. Wow, you, you pop Jay in the back. I you know, that. That's, that's, that's fantastic. That. Wow. All right. Hey, you want to get into my top five? Yes, you have your top five. By you the way, didn't like any of my top five, which is fine. You're going to have to try this. This is absolutely fantastic. Right. Never been Here, a boy. giant dogfish. Poe it up. Poe it up. This is the kind of fruity, hoppy IPA that I get down with. Luke, this looks right? nice. It's got a little, it's got a little uh, what would you call that, a little pear almost to it? Yeah. Looks like TJ Dillashaw's Ooh. urine. It's great. If it's got APO in it, I'm ready to have some. Pretty good. Come to my side of the track. Pretty good. Here, all right. I'll, I'll give that two thumbs up. It's all good. Right, all right. I like that. I like you that. You know, I see. I'm, I'm amenable. You just have to produce quality. There's got to be somewhere in the middle. We come from such opposite sides good. of the tracks. This is good. You know, like people say, hey, when are you guys going to go to a concert together and do a concert show? I don't know what band would be the perfect intersection of where oh, we're What at. about a hip hop act? We could go to a hip hop show together, right? Possible. Right? I mean, I'm a little more of a 90s throwback guy. I don't know if you know, but. Would you, would you call the Wu Tang? <clears throat> like. They're quintessential. You know, movies. if we went to like a Rage Wu Tang concert, which together, I went to in Atlanta, 1996. I'd, yeah, that was. Those were some. Uh, there were some riots. It was the worst shows. concert I've ever been to. Yeah, the one in Hartford at the Meadows. People uh, burned the fence down, pissed all over the seats. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. All right. Hey, why don't we get back into the show? My yes, top five top moments five, Brian of 2019 of the of the year. Okay, let's bang. Let's start at number five. I call it ten rounds of hell. It was UFC 236 in Atlanta. I was, Luke, hashtag blessed to get to cover it that night. And in the end, you had the two fights of the year, number one and two, in my opinion, back-to-back in the co-main event and the main event, interim title fights in both, Adesanya Gastelum in the co-main, Poirier outlasting Max Holloway in the main event. And, Luke, there's been what I like to call magic in the air at, a couple, at some fights memorably. Do you remember UFC 217 at the Garden? 
It was yes. bang, bang, bang. Three title fights in a row. Insane endings. There's a high in the air that is just palpable. There was something special this night in Atlanta in these 10 rounds. There were two fights that really mattered. And we can argue all day whether Dana putting an unnecessary interim title bout and each one sort of raised the stakes, which was his goal, when we sort of rightfully all week were like, this is ridiculous, you don't need these. In the end, it all worked out. I saw the reason why we watch this sport. I saw two fights that could be those fights when people say, hey, man, you're a boxing fan? You're like, yeah, man, I used to love it in the 90s. What's the fight that got you into it? Everybody's got that story. Everybody's got that Gotti Ward where you're like, you know, I wasn't a big fan, but that one fight just pulled me in. There was something special in the air, and especially in Adesanya Gastelum, where it was not only the fight of the year, I thought, hands down, I think it's on the short list of the greatest fights in UFC history from the standpoint of two Elite guys in their absolute primes. Kelvin Gastelum on one night put together the performance we had wanted him to put together for years, thought that that was possible. And then you had a guy in Adesanya, like I mentioned earlier, who really had to critically prove that he had the backbone to stand up with his flashy style and his mouth and all that stuff. And it was a humbling three rounds of tactical war back and forth, and then two absolutely batshit crazy rounds of near submissions, near finishes. And then you just sprinkle on Holloway Poirier on the top of that. It was, was one the of, event. it was one of those nights where you're there as a journalist, but you walk out of that arena at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whatever and go like, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I just got to experience it. You that. don't get an Adesanya versus Gastelum every year, Brian Campbell, but the, I always try to tell people my first go-to, like all the credit in the world to Brian Stan, all the credit in the world to Vanderlei Silva, a lot of people that year, what was that, 2014 or so, they wanted to name that fight of the year, but I don't, I don't give it to brawls. But I don't need a brawl to get a fight that just checks all the boxes, which that fight did, where you have high-level technique, where you have back and forth, where their games just kind of fit together like a bit of a Tetris piece, and they can take advantage of each other's weakness, and then somebody, somebody has to ask themselves, do I want it more? And they have to rise to the occasion, which you got at Israel Adesanya. And you also got this moment where you're like, is all that, te- is all that uh, technique he has, is it just good for flash? Or is there a real combative component to it? And you got the answer there. To me, I don't, there are people accusing MMA journalists of being like, oh, this is on your all-decade list. That's recency bias. That's normally a fair criticism. It's not here. It was something special that went down that night. My number four moment of the year in 2019, it seems like almost years ago at this point, but I don't know if you remember January of 2019, all everybody talked about were the dueling Firefest documentaries, one on Netflix, one on Hulu. And for two days, it was viral as ish because of one man. Put it on the big screen, Jay. The great Andy King, who was willing to take one for the team. He was willing to suck dick. Wow. 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 <laughs> so you think I put it on here because, oh, Campbell's the dong guy, all this stuff. No, Luke. Yes. It's, it's we very had, on brand. Yes, we had fun with these memes like crazy. But you know what? Shout out to Andy King. Shout out to the ideas of brotherhood, teamwork, loyalty, family. This man was willing to (laughs) risk it all. When I look around this room, okay, people don't realize that behind these cameras, there's a staff of like 12 hungry-ass people out there. A lot of dicks. Making it work for us, all right? No, there's there's ladies in there. I get a lot of gross looks after I make jokes in the camera. Um, But what I'm saying is I love these people. I like to believe that we got nothing but Andy Kings out here. All right? I'm not, not in the literal sense. What lit- are they doing to you when not, I'm not around? Not in the literal sense, necessarily, oh. Luke. I mean more like... Look they at- would metaphorically go to suck the guy's dick to get the water well, to I mean, go it's, to the it sounds, Fry Festival It people. sounds awful when you, when you put it into those words. Yeah, it's an awful thing. But our guy Jake right here who doesn't know 90s music, that guy's the best. 
Andy King. I still, Jake, I are you our Andy King? Yeah, damn you know, right, you damn right. So text. shout out to Andy King for teaching you know us what? Let's have a this year King. about teamwork, okay? About go. loyalty. Andy King, just there he'll do it. Look at Jake, that guy's the best right there. I love it. All right, my number three moment of the year. It doubles as my knockout of the year in boxing. Does it really? Deontay Wilder, Barclays Center. This spring, I was there, and he sent Dominic Brazil to where, Luke? The land of wind and ghosts. To the bottom floor of hell with a one-punch knockout. Look, you may have loved his knockout over Luis Ortiz better. Hey, you may have loved Devin Haney against Antonio Moran. If you don't know that knockout, look it up. But for me, this personified in one punch who Deontay Wilder is, what he brings to the table as a attraction, one round, one punch, clean knockout. But it wasn't just the knockout that I love. It was the reaction of those at ringside. Did you see the... I was in that mix. Did you see the Showtime was able to zoom in afterwards on the reactions of people? You know Ray Flores, our Showtime colleague. Yeah, I love Ray. You know his younger brother, Miguel, who does some ring announcing. He had the face of the year. Well, Andy King may have had the face of the year, but he had the face of the year. Jay in the back, can we get this queued up here on the reactions in the crowd here? This was insane, but I think if you want to show somebody who Deontay Wilder is and what he's all about, Luke, this one highlight... We don't have it. Okay, apparently we don't have it. That's great. This is a very. That's great. It's only a. Sh- this is a very good show. It's only a Showtime fight on a Showtime show, guys. No problem at all, right? No, really. Anyway, Luke, take my word for it. There was jaws hanging down. There was so much oh shit going on. Rightfully so, because here is something none of those people could just understand, right? Deontay Wilder might have just killed a man, and that's boxing. That's actually the. I'm still thought. thinking about Andy King doing what he had to <laughs> oh, do. Wow! Oh wow! Not in that way, but more like wow. That's Jay, really you're gonna bail me out here? Really or are we? Or are we gonna? You're gonna. Dude, oh. Jay, you and Jay today, LVPs. You two, you two. God. Jay, it's Hanukkah season. You no, 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 no joy, no grace, no uh, doing your job, nothing. He wore a Hanukkah sweater today. Did you see the Hanukkah sweater? I I, I came in here so abruptly late, yeah, you bringing did. the goods. You All did. right. All right. Hey, my number two. Mo- wow, what a missed opportunity for for this year. Here's excuse. He's like, I don't have Miguel Flores on lock. That's isn't that isn't that your anyway? Job? There's this zoom in look of everybody going nuts. I'm in the middle of that. I'm the only guy with a straight face. I was a little concerned about Boobs Brazil there, all right? <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you call that to his face all next right, time? Yeah, all right, here we go. Hey, my number two moment of the year. I got to be honest, it's people up in their feels about Star Wars Episode Nine: The oh, Rise God. of Skywalker. And one of those people is sitting next to me at this desk, nursing his first beer. No, no, I've had... Hey, bartender, this, this Joe Boone. I've reported. Joe Boone needs a refill. Fuck face, learn All right, here's count. the deal, Luke. I'm a hardcore Star Wars guy, okay? All right, nothing wrong with that. All right, when I was three years old, I went to my grandparents' house every day. Star Wars Episode Four. I watched three times a day, every single day. I'm one of those hardcore originals. Episode Nine. Was it the way I would want the saga, the, Star, the Skywalker nine-episode series to end? Not necessarily. But was it jump off the cliff, call the whole franchise shit, pick it call, out the doors of Disney, call, call this thing? I didn't call thing, the whole franchise shit. Just basically have an outrage that would have been equivalent to when the prequels came out, yet we didn't have really a, an updated internet at that point. Right. Do you realize how bad the damn prequels were? Yeah, there's, Anybody who steps up today and tries to say, well, they're a little bit underrated. They're not actually as bad as you think. Marcos Vijegas. Um, They're an insult. Within that insult, there's some... You know, redeemable moments and story and all that. But largely, that's vegetable lasagna, the prequels. That's like something I think I like, but there's no meat in the middle of it. It's not geared toward me. 
Episode nine was hit and miss. Was it hit? It was hit was and it? miss. Yeah. From an in-theater experience, especially that middle third of the movie. Were, were you I sitting ca- next to Andy King? Is, I that, caught, is that why it was a hit? I caught the old school feels. Can you, <laughs> can you stand up to this? Because you have spent a lot of time on radio, on YouTube, yeah. getting those clicks, cashing those dollars, you know, <laughs> buying those diapers <laughs> with, oh my God, the sky has fallen. I mean, you know, that's it's... A little, little nerd heavy here, Luke. Uh, well, first of all, I count bad. myself as a Star Wars nerd, too. I think we share a mutual fandom. Let me ask you this real quickly. Have you watched at all The Mandalorian on Disney Plus? A few episodes. So you're not finished with it yet? Not finished. It gets really good at the end. Okay. I finished the last episode, you're going to love it, okay? So I'm not out on all things Star Wars. In fact, the overwhelming majority of their content, the middle three, so episodes four, five, and six, I, I love for the most part, in varying degrees. Mandalorian, I loved. Force Awakens, I was fine with. Last Jedi, I thought, had its problems, but was creative. Uh, prequels were just, the prequels are for kids. I don't know, I mean, it's just shit. It's, they're, yeah. they're terrible. I don't know what else to say about them, okay? Here's the problem with this movie. It's twofold. One, it's objectively a bad movie. Two, the problem with it is, and here's my real bone of contention, I'm not suggesting to you, Brian, that the last movie, The Last Jedi, is some problem-free movie. It's got plenty of issues I didn't like. I didn't like the Mary Poppins Leia thing. I didn't like the ham-handed way they treated politics. I didn't like how Snoke was just, Oft, and then that was the end of it. There's a lot <coughs> that could go on, but those are three major ones that really stood out to me. However, what they did do with that movie, Ryan Johnson in particular, he was right about essentially three core insights. Kylo Ren is not interesting as an emo bag of shit. He's only interesting as a guy who gives in to his own uh, evil impulses. One, two, dude, Star Wars. He was right. Goodbye to the First Order. Goodbye to the Rebellion. Goodbye to everything. It was time for that shit to end. And that's the, no, no, let me finish. Dude, if there was anything that this last movie showed, it was that Star Wars went on way past its expiration. No, 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 no. This saga, this saga of, oh, no, let me finish. This style of storytelling. This saga went on way too long. And last, but not least, the most important insight of all of this was, in an era of the failure of our own institutions, of belief systems and the buildings that house them, he took that insight and brought it to Star Wars, which I thought was fucking brilliant. He took a risk. He took a risk. I still believe. What they did was they said, you know what? We've got mouth breathers for audience who didn't like us taking a risk with our characters. Let's just, let's just. And I don't hate that. Let's just get the cover band back together and play and all the To some the degree, hits. I think you would agree. The failures of episode nine did kind of fix some of the failures of episode they eight. They didn't fix because any of it them, was like they, this, they, they, they exacerbated mm. them. And I thought, I thought it actually fixed it to a If I degree. smash your car window and you tape it up with duct tape and drive around, did you fix your window? All right, here we're going down a weird road right, right now. Right. All right, here's the point. You didn't fix anything. You just covered it up. I didn't love uh, the final scene with, with, uh, with, oh, spoiler alert. I didn't love the final scene with Palps. I didn't love Palpatine being back in the movie. I didn't love him not being actually explained so why he's back in the movie. Completely a punt and non-creative. Oh, I got one lightsaber. I do Let say, me get though, two. Look, I, Woo! For being a hardcore nerd for years on this level, I do have limits. I don't read the books. I don't go too deep. I did watch... Rebels and, and all the other side of spin-off Clone things. Wars. But I've watched some nerd YouTube videos that sort of explain why the, the things that you think you hate in episode nine, watching it for the first time in the theater, actually fall in line with the overall storytelling of the oh, entire word, universe. Like every time they do something interesting, they kill it off? You mean like cheap plot so devices what I'm saying that you can is, see coming a mile away? In the end, the messages that the final half hour sent were actually the right ones. Execution was a little off. But the final scene, they nailed it. They did, final they, scene. They, it, was the, it was the most... It's the like final the, message of it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, 
It matters who you end up becoming. Oh, is that, right? is that really what it you is? You could be born in oh, Cutter. You're nothing. You no way. Be, you're Palpatine's You can be bullied in first Old Marietta, all, Luke, all, but you can still get your own Showtime show. Hey, how, shout out to Miguel Flores right there. That was my face when Brian Campbell was like, I didn't hate it. This is, uh, that guy looks like a Bermudan official when Andy King walks in the room, right? <laughs> no, that's Andy King when the Bermudan official Oh, Bahamian. Sorry, Bahamian. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for doing your job. No, there. the movie right. is just, it's a poorly made movie. And what people really wanted was they just wanted, here's what, here's Look, what. Look, I had disappointments, but on a whole. I, I understand. Here's on what, a whole, it's a hundred times better than the prequels. Well, dude, that's not saying anything. That's not saying anything. Jay's trying to get us to go. People don't realize, though, what we have seen with Rogue One is how you can tell the modern Star Wars movie. All right. Hopefully, See, hopefully we're, we're, we're mostly in alignment. You're just right. too forgiving of poor craftsmanship. My number one moment of the year in 2019 in combat sports and beyond. It's unity, and it's similar, and it mirrors. Luke. Why is gay sex the theme through all of this? Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Let me restart. So my number one moment of 2019, Luke, is um, it really mirrors you and I. All right? Us coming together <laughs> for this show, building this band of uh, uh, this audience of just voracious viewers and listeners. What's your show about? And two, dude, just, two dudes fucking. Here's the thing. You called Polish regional MMA tip on tip a yin and yang. And in some ways, Luke, you and I are that yin and yang. The dark side of the force and the light side, right? The twig and the berries, right? The tango and the cash. We come together to make something special. So I wanted to commemorate this moment of Polish regional MMA finally coming to the forefront. Tip on tip reality. It's a lifestyle. It's a movement, Luke. And really for this set's history, although a woman on the train did ruin my, my, uh, my project here to you. I wanted to commemorate this, this moment. Is real? In loving memory, Luke. <laughs> tip on tip, 2019 and forever. Did you really have a broken frame? Well, here's the deal on my, on my, tr on my train ride in from hell. A lady sat on it. It's a true story. It happened. Are but, you shitting me? But I can buy a cheap frame to replace that. Luke, this is really what it's all about. This is my moment of the year because it's not just the... Are they also the, smooching? I don't know if well, I've Well, here's the deal. That. It's not just... Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> Broken glass everywhere. It's not just the intensity of what's going on down below that, of course, you're fixated on. Check out the heart that they formed right here because really fighting and loving, there's a thin line between them. The intensity here, this is our J right here, this girl. This is our, this is like really, Luke, this is you and I, and this is the spirit of what we bring to the show. Intensity in your face. The ying, the yang, the ding, and the dong. We should have started drinking And we really should, show. we should really put this on the set. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, uh, do I have a nail up here at all, Jay? Yeah. All right, all right. Right here. So it can live on forever. Thank you. Luke, that's my top moments of 2019. I'm good with that. All right. I'm good with that. How are your seven and a half beers? Doing pretty good here. I like this. I like this. There's a, see, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a New England IPA. Hold on, hold on, I'm a Connecticut guy. Out. We've got the Grim Patter as a Saison. Who drinks Saisons besides Ooh, fucking Cicero's? Do you, you, this uh, is Duvel a, I've never had I'm I usually like into Duvel. That. I'm going to break into that. And then we got the, uh, the Grim Helio. This is the one I didn't want before. <clears throat> Who bought the Saison? Fucking session beers, really? All right, Luke. Um, uh, all right. Can you go to the next segment? Can we do this? Yes, now we're going to do an extended DMs from Donks. I wanted to tell you something. Tell You're me. mad at me that I'm late to the party Super today. bitter at you, yes. You got a job. You got to get to. Oh, God. It's only the most important show of the year that you fucked up, but okay. I have 
they have you seen the shit prepared if we if we have time. We right? do not have time. So you ruin that. Motherfucker. Blame yourself. Right. Take accountability, Andy King. Uh, After okay. you leave, I'll do my own spinoff show, all right? Uh, well, fine. You can do that, but you can't do it on this one. All right, let's do this. Uh, Dams with donks. So the plan was... There's a piss pour right here. Yeah, he didn't do that one well. The plan was to do this one we normally do, just an extended version. All right, so here we go to you first, Brian Campbell. This is from Z John SN. Yes. What's your favorite fight from 2019, MMA or boxing? All right, I've already established that Adesanya and Gastelum, which I was cage side for, amazing. The fight of the year in boxing, it may not be off the tip of your tongue. Is that Spence Porter? No, it's not, which was a fantastic one. I had that number two. It's Nonito Donaire pouring out the jug at age 36 against Nayawa Inoue. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but when you have a fight that matters so much, unification fight at 118 pounds, finals of the WBSS tournament with the Ali Trophy and all that, but we thought it was a formality that the old guy Donaire was biting off more than he could chew, and at the same time, similar to Adesanya in that fight of the year, we knew Inoue was special because he's this Japanese guy who moves up in weight and knocks fools out time after time again. But nobody had tested him until now. Nonito Donere came down two weight classes from where he had been fighting in recent years. Didn't he get injured in the fight, too? He did, and he fought... I'm sorry, it was Inoue who got got injured. injured, yes. With a broken eye socket, and he fought through it. And they had a round from hell in round 11 in Mm. which Donaire got dropped by a body shot when he had no business getting back up from. The spirit, the character that they showed, that's one of those hardcore delights. It's hard not to feel that. And Luke, I know that you don't get down with Australian boxing. You probably never even heard of Jeff Horn, Michael Zarafa too. Oh, no, I didn't hear that one yet. There's a round, round nine. It's one of the best rounds of the last 10 years I think you should check out. Very Corrales, Castile-like, the Australian version a little bootleg, but it's fine. It's great. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'll go with you on the Adesanya Gaslam 2019, and then I'll go Spence Porter for boxing. Uh, that one was high speed chess, baby. I was waiting for I was waiting for Spence to break, and he did just you get never into did. This? No, how is it? Here, pour me some. I can't get through the head yet. All right, that's kind of that's what Andy King said. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, okay, why did you pour it like a gorilla? Very ter- Darren Till of me. All right. So Kyle, Dude, that's hoppy. I like that. Yeah. Kyle Carosi says, "Why does Bellator seem to struggle when it comes to cultivating new talent? Some of the biggest names over there are fighters who got their fame in other organizations. They says Rory and the UFC, Fedor and Pride. What do you think? It's not quite true. So, for example, Coker's methodology is <clears throat> sign from the top down, groom from the bottom up. Uh, one guy they have. There's a bunch of guys coming up. First of all, Dylan Dennis is still very new." Um, I don't know if it's going to be a big deal, but here's my point. If you actually look at that welterweight division now that Rory's gone, you've got Dylan Dennis, Logan Storley, Ed Ruth. You've got a lot of guys who are young, and I don't know if they're all going to work out, but they don't all need to. Just, there's just a whole lot of youth there. Patrick Mix, I think, fought already on the belt, or he's fighting tonight. Or I can't remember which night he's fighting, but um, they've got a bunch of inter- – how about A.J. McKee? They've got a bunch of interesting guys who are coming up in, this, in, in not only this featherweight tournament, Adam Boric, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So I actually dispute the premise to a degree. Well, I gotta, can I bring truth? Can I bring the TBT, the two-bear truth, to this conversation, Luke? Please, by all, all means. All right, here's the deal. <clears throat> if Bellator consistently grown legitimately top-level elite are prospects... Are you already drunk? You're already I'm slurring. Not, I'm not. There's no slurration behind deprivation here, all right, without representation. Um, Sorry, I don't listen to hip-hop. Go ahead. I did not have relations with that woman. Um, Ultimately, Luke, if they were great, they'd leave Bellator. Bellator's better off sort of picking out the somewhat flawed potential rising star. The MVP, to be honest, who once again fought an Uber driver on Saturday, and it was fun watching. It was a UFC event he fought. 
still can still operate a vehicle. All right, and uh, it was fun watching. And that's you know, your favorite. Insult. You know, look at Michael Chandler is like part of the fabric of that company. Luke never made the leap to UFC yet. Is going to be fun every time he goes. Dude, in why there. would he go when he can make good money and have all the sponsors? So the answer to that question is they have their own version of that. All right, and certainly Aaron Pico had the potential to be massive and still has if he can put the train back on the tracks. Right. But I would think the more flawed the top range prospect is for them, the more likely they can keep him. I would argue that um, they sign him a lot younger, so it's a lot more uh, uncertainty and volatility in whether the prospect will work out. By the time you get signed to the UFC, you might be still a prospect, especially if you came off like Contender Series or something. But the U- but Bellator will sign you at one and zero, make your pro debut. So you might get someone who ends up being a jackpot. You might get a lot of misses. AJ McKee looks like a bit might be a bit of a jackpot. My blood alcohol level though much bigger than yours. Every time the camera goes to you, I'm taking down half a glass. I could right? drink all of this and not get drunk. You don't understand who you're dealing with here. Uh, okay, this comes to us from Brandtendo64. To both of you... That's a hell of a name, right? Not bad, actually. If you had to fight yourself <clears throat> as you were at the beginning of this decade, who would win? Present you or That's past Dolph? That's actually Dolph? a good question. It's based on... Oh, Jesus. It's based on old. fitness levels. It's based on mindset. It's based on no, knowledge of, of certain... 30-year-old me would wipe the floor with me. I would kick the shit out of uh, 20 and 30-year-old me. Would you really? I really would. At 41... No, 20, maybe... Not 30. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had the um, the scars in life yet to really know who I was like I do now. All right? Been there and back, Luke, okay? You know what I'm saying? I don't believe you. Wow. <laughs> you want to test me? Is this where this is going, Luke? You don't, you don't want a shot at the title, bro. Right, Trust me when right, I tell right, you. Right, right, right. uh, You're going to show up in a gi next week? Is that what's going on? G in a gi, like, like uh, Howlett Gracie. Um, you ever seen that rap video? Uh, no. You don't know what I'm talking about? I don't. Is it from the 90s? Holy shit, are you serious? Go, if you have not seen this, Google G, like just the letter G, G and a G. Halle Gracie, the Metamorse guy, had a rap video. Sounds a little nerdy. I usually play the hits like Bro, De La the, O or Get the Fuck if, Out of the Commode. Whatever you think Henry Cejudo does in Cringe, it's it's another order of magnitude above right, that. Right. Uh, big third base fan. I don't know if you can guess that from looking at me. Pop the weasel. <clears throat> weasel goes pop. All right, Anton Booth 11 says... Will boxing and MMA cross-promote again in the next decade? What do you think? Yeah, of course. Uh, It it can't be forced, though. It's got to be perfect. Mayweather-McGregor was an absolute perfect storm. And again, talking about it, people are like, yeah, I know Mayweather-McGregor. I don't think people really actually realize how perfect of a storm that fight was to come together when it did. I do think it'll happen again because there's money to be made there. You just have to wait for timing. And you need the right willing participants. Did you see Canelo was like, yeah, I'd fight Jorge Masvidal. No, don't do it. Don't you don't believe it? Don't. Well, would he do it? Yeah, of course. If Jorge Masvidal is willing to come to the zone and fight Canelo, Canelo would be like, yeah, of course, I'll knock this dude out. But uh, I don't think that would be smart for UFC and Masvidal to do that. One thing that was really weird to me was like he was like, oh, <clears> I want to get this fight. And then he just posted a picture of him hitting the speed bag, you know? And I was like, and people were like, damn, look at them hands. And don't get me wrong, Jorge's got great boxing and the speed bag work was nice. But it's like, dude, every pro boxer knows how to hit a speed bag. Like, well, anytime you I don't mix, understand what that was supposed to anytime show. Anytime you mix MMA versus boxing, people will come because there's a curiosity. But you have to understand, they were able to sell that McGregor had a chance to half of the people on the globe, including Brendan Schaub. Taking shots of Brendan? Well, look, I'll, you know. I thought he always picked Mayweather in the end. No. I thought his whole argument was Mayweather will win, but Connor look, has a much better chance. Look, in respect to Brendan Schaub... Connor was on such a ride of magic, and I know people hate when I say that. Right? And you look at the scouting report, what the hell's magic? He was on such yeah, a ride of, of doing what he said 
he would do. And Mayweather was two years removed from retirement, so there was sort of that question mark. I was never going to pick McGregor or think. I'm just saying you had an ability to fool the public. No one's going to believe Masvidal could be Canelo. I'm, I'm going to show this to Br uh, Brendan and see what he thinks. I could have sworn he picked. You trying Mayweather. to set up a, a rolling session between me and Brendan? Uh, we're going to see what, bro. Come on, he was fucking smoking like salmon. I was come talking on. about smoking. All right, here we go. Right. Uh, more likely to happen from Bobby Adkins. Luke goes with Brian to a pro wrestling show. I'd rather get HIV shot in my eyeballs. Oh, stop. She's, or that's Brian insult. goes that's with Luke right? to a concert. What do you think? Let's do the concert. I just I don't know. Do the con I, don't, I don't think All the right, concert's What's our middle ground? Is it Rage Against the Machine? Is that our middle ground? Great. Is it Pearl Jam? No, is I, it? Uh, Pearl Jam, yeah. But Rage Against the Machine, I'm all in. All in. I'd, ha I'd happily go. I love Rage Against I don't the know if we would match up and meet in the middle anywhere else. Cause, I, mean, the, I, I can't believe we wouldn't match up on hip-hop. Really? Re how, okay, you wouldn't go to a, a Pusha T show? Well, well, you have to understand, Luke, and I'm a connoisseur of music. Oh, are I you? Just, I really want to put that Is out that there. Is that what you are? Um, you know, hip-hop shows are the worst, and I've seen many. They're terrible. They're the yeah. worst. So when I want to see art form displayed like that, I think that's why you're missing the boat on not understanding the jam genre. Oh, is that what it is? Is that's really I the, don't understand the it, art of music? It's so elevated. Splashed on your wall. Very similar here. All right, let's keep going because we have we're gonna have just enough time for Have You Seen This Shit. We don't have right? time for Have You Seen This Shit, dude. I have shit to do. Um, Look, I will get by you. By the way, did we not agree yesterday on the show call? We did not. We're not gonna do that's Have You thing. Seen This Shit. What makes this show good is the constant tension of power between us. It's like it's there, like there is no tension. It's like the the last of the line for Guns N' Roses. Remember Axel? Axel wanted to basically become Elton John. He wanted piano-driven rock. And Slash and the other guys were like, "What the hell are you doing, dude? We're we're grimy rock stars." Okay. That's you and I right Someone now. Someone has producer credits. Someone doesn't. Uh, King dot <laughs> J. You see him draw that sword yeah. like he's Iron Sheik in '84. King dot J. Dot O seven <laughs> says, "Name your fave Adam Sandler movie and your movie of the year." Fave Adam Sandler movie, go. Um, all right, here's the answer is Billy Madison, but I'm going to put a but here, all right? Ooh, I don't know if I it like It hasn't that. aged well. It hasn't aged to the like. When you say age, you meant like the movie was over and you were like, wow, I'm not brain damaged. No, here's I how think I'll this say movie's it. bad. I can watch Tommy Boy, for example, from the Farley Library today and laugh as hard and real as I did in 1995, all right? Billy Madison in 1994 was so freaking good. I was a sophomore, junior in high school around there. I saw it four times in the theater. Do you know the amount of movies I've seen four times in the theater? E. Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. E.T., Christmas Vacation, and Return of the Jedi are the only three I've ever seen four times in a theater. Luke, it was the epitome of who I am, Billy Madison. You go back and watch it today at 41, it can be a little hit or miss. But I'm a big Sandler guy. There's some late model offers that he's put out there. Have you seen bedtime stories with your with your wife and kid? No. Uh, it's not bad. Because Have you seen Click? Click? I've heard that's good. I'm not seeing it. Click's good. Uh, because... I would say, if I'm a best comedy that Adam Sandler's done, I'm going to go Waterboy. It's fantastic. I like Waterboy better. I mean, dude, the, the golf one is, you know, all time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good, okay. I won't go wrong. It's Happy fine. Gilmore, yeah. Happy Gilmore. Um, but really, his best movie that I've seen to date is Punch Drunk Love, which is a P.T. Anderson movie. Um, where I've, he never, actually, I've actually never seen that one. Dude, it's fucking awesome. It's really, really good. All People right. are like, oh, he does a serious role in Uncut Gems. He does that in uh, Punch Drunk Love, actually. Don't ever watch The Cobbler on Netflix starring Adam Sandler. I've not seen it. There's that. a twist at the end that I... That fucking I, shoe repair salesman? Like, or, like he just It's a horror movie at the end. He repairs shoes? He kills folks. That's what a cobbler is. They just fucking. I know what shoes. the hell a cobbler is, Luke. Right? Uh, what's your movie of the year? Let me get Rise <clears> of Skywalker. I don't really go to movies anymore, you know? Uh, my movie of the year, I'm going to say, is Shadow. 
which is a Chinese, like, sort of martial arts movie, and not exactly, but it's shot monochromatically and uh, is just brilliant. It's an absolutely brilliant movie. Uh, Shoplifters is another one, a Japanese movie that I saw that was really good. You got right, one? Keep it rolling. No, no, keep it rolling. I got to have time We're for We're going to have to skip some of these right. because we don't have time. So, Jay, in the back, just sort of be on your ass here. Um, oh, let's go to OG Spicy Brown. Between Luke and Brian, who would last longer in Naked and Afraid? Have you seen that show? Oh, many, many a time. Now, would you last longer than me in Naked and Afraid? I don't have uh, high potential in that show. I'm going to be honest with you. Why is that? Uh, I would think I would be a little bit soft in that, certainly in the Naked idea. Even on, an idea, on a show like Survivor on CBS that I've watched you know, forever. I don't think I have what it takes. In that category, you're a little bit more hardened to life. You're an ex-Marine. You're no such thing as an ex-Marine. You're sort of a, in general borderline on your personality level at all times. You could snap at any point. Have I ever snapped on you? And those type of people do well with nothing. Yeah, I'd probably do okay naked and afraid. Uh, I was also a Boy Scout too, so that should become as no surprise. Um, Together though, uh, it could be. I, you know, I don't know. I'd sit on a cactus by accident. Some bad things would happen. Probably. All right, next one. Edwin's Picture asks, what are your tips for a first date? Uh, I haven't had many first dates that have gone all the way to the tip. You? <laughs> you're, the wor- you're worse than Osama bin Laden. I just want you to know that. You're worse than Osama bin Laden. Do you not have any tips for the incels who watch the show? Uh, you know, you may come as a shock. I wasn't a great dater, you know? How'd you meet your wife? MySpace. No way. She hates when I tell that story, though. Who cares? In this yeah. modern age, no one gives a shit anymore. Uh, the ring's on. What, who cares at this point? It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. What Fair about enough. you? Do you at a, at a uh, protest or a... Uh, protest. Uh, you Bitch, re- you re- rally around the family with a pocket full of shells? Or uh, no. We used to work together briefly. Um, but Corrections the, Institute? Oh, shit. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Hey, you ready for uh, viral videos to close this? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we do that. All right, it's 124. I'll I'll make a deal with you. I'm being dead serious, dude. I don't have fucking time to play around. You can get us out by 1.30, I can do it. Oh, damn right. All right, let's hit it. You ready for Six Minutes of Fury? Six Minutes of Fury. That sounds Jay in the back, can you give me a heads up that we're we're alive? We're good? Oh, God. Have you seen this shit? I do not like that. The good... You don't like that? That triple? I can get it done with that. Eh, The good, bad, the ugly, and combat sports over the past two weeks, Luke. Hey, we start with a viewer on Instagram. Us with two S's versus them. Hit me up and said, hey, do you think Luke has an uncanny resemblance to the Marvel's newest sketch of Mr. Fantastic for 2020? Wow. That's Luke freaking Thomas right there. What do you think, bro? He's got the salt and pepper. He's got the... Creepily long limbs? Well, I, 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 uh, I won't vouch for that. But. Is there a, a pro wrestler named Paul Lazenby? Not that I know of. From Canada? He one time said I looked like Peter Parker's boss in Spider-Man. I don't know, but that guy looks pretty jacked too, Luke. You know, you used to be a powerlifter before pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, now I'm just fucking dying slowly. Right. Uh, well, yeah, he <laughs> looks a little bit like me, sure. All right, have you seen this shit, Luke? We're going to go, we always claim we go around the globe. South Africa, there's a heavyweight Africa. named Ruan Visser. He's getting ready. He's warming up. He's I ready for this. the big fight. Oh, my God, he's over the top rope. Luke, eliminated from the Royal Rumble, just like that. His two feet hit the floor, <laughs> How right? How tall is he, bro? I don't know much about this guy, but that's embarrassing. You can't come back from that. Well, well look at his opponent. His opponent's just like. I, I, don't, I don't stand for that. 
Who wants Chinese? All right, hey, let's go to regional low-level MMA. This could be middle America. This could be Omaha, as far as I know. Oh, sent to hell, and look at the cage. Hold him up, Luke. Dude, he turned into a doorstop. You know what he turned into when you catch a fish, and then you, you mount it up, and you put it there? Bop. Oh, wow. Freeze. That's, um, that's bad, but I guess that's why the wall, the cages. What are there. dances? Oh, is Look that like an American dance? That might be. Is, did it rain after that? I don't know. Bop. Was that racist? I don't know. All right. Well, if he's getting back at the white man, you sort of have to cheer him <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, we're gonna go over to Glory. You told me about this guy, Alex Padeda. He once sent Adesanya to hell, and now he won't stop sending he's everyone else. Glory champ, champ. Glory champ, champ. Who is getting back into MMA? Is this true? Uh, so he, they wanted to, and then Glory made him a big ass offer to not do it. That he couldn't refuse. Bop, bop. Hold that bitch. Look at the way he sent that one touch. So the way he touches people and they just they just go away, it kind of reminds me so of college. I actually began covering him when he did Glory's last man standing thing, and I knew he was good, but he didn't appear to be like a world beater. He's only become a world beater in the last few years or so. He just yeah. like became amazing. As you just do this for like this segment. All right, Luke, we're gonna go from we're there. The, um, here come, here come the ball hitting. <laughs> there's an old, the, the old guy. There's an old set. Hold on, that pause. one tastes like balls. Look at this guy Kinger coming in right here, right here. Jeez. I know. Is that a TMT sweatshirt that he's wearing? That's a. All right, I gotta get back into the haze. I like here, how right? you had like 50 IPAs with fruit in it, and you had one fucking Belgian beer. Luke, the history of Luke Thomas's like life never happy. All right, here we go, Luke. That's actually true. Um, there's a saying that the old people use. It's called "from the lip to the cup." And I know you don't know what that means, but this guy's trying to measure that distance. Check it out, check it out, check it out. <laughs> it's a little trick you can play on your friends, Luke, all right? If you had some. What do you think of that? Nothing? No sell? Little little no sell from Thomas? You're five years old. All right. All right. That guy took it hard though, right? Let's see. One more time. Raises it up. Get the correct measurements. Let's it walk. Bop. <laughs> Pretty good fall he took. Well, I popped the back. If I can pop the control room, then you know I'm doing well. All right, let's go to uh, re another regional MMA where anything can happen to regional MMA. I mean, people come from under the canvas. Look at this. Ground and pound finish. Ref wakes the guy up. The guy, he's back. He's back. Look at the ghost. He's back. Look at the ref's takedown defensive guillotine. He tapped him. Bro, that Somebody break that up. What is going on here? Whoa, dude. Wow. Look at this regional Mazagati over here. And the here. ref is smiling like, I got that bitch. Yeah, well, he put that guillotine on, on, on hard right there. Show you what time it is. Yeah. Damn. Holy shit, man. You ever want to get high with Josh Rosenthal? Oh, desperately. You know he's got fucking dank. Come on. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to go to uh, the Dubai CrossFit Championships. Hey, remember Polish MMA started this thing about tip on tip? It was a revolution. Look at this celebration, Luke. You down with this? This is not how we greet each other. Luke, there are people, and I'm not saying I want this, by the way. I want to put that out there. That people think if we can get to 100,000 YouTube subscribers, that you and I are going to go TOT. And I, I am not in I on this. I don't even understand that. It's like, I want Brian and Luke to, to like... <laughs> To fuck each other. Why would you want that? <laughs> I mean, Luke, we're gonna, Who have to, on earth we're gonna have to edit. That? We're gonna have to edit that part out afterwards. I mean, I don't on. even understand. I, I just don't even understand like what the appeal would be. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks for blowing the spot. Hey, let's move on here. Um, a lot of people train for fights in very different ways, Luke. Um, <laughs> I mean, Luke, this is called a hit in the bag. I think you got some of the shaft too. Um, look, when you when it comes to preparing for a fight, Luke. Um, 
I don't know if this is an adult movie or a uh, what's going on here. Hey, Dylan Dennis putting that on the uh, putting that all on the interwebs though. You you into that? Nothing. We got nothing from Thomas. Right I, don't, now. I don't. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I literally don't know what to say. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Woo. All right. Hey, we're just gonna let that play. Jay. Jay, big fan of that one. Jay. Hey, do you know this? How did we get this job? You know that Jay has three kids. There's no way they know what daddy does for a living. Oh, God. All right. Hey, let's close with this. This is a little bit old, but I've had this saved on my phone for so long. This is Kevin Connors and Andre Ward, ESPN Boxing. Look at the Strange Brew 2.0 popping up. These guys are my heroes. Look at these guys. Look at the choreography, the placement. That's brilliant, right? It's like you and me right now if you only had a beer. Salute. You know, when I was young, I really pretty much aspired to be those guys. That's where you and I differ. That's where our, that's where our, our lives part ways. Look, have you seen that shit? I have seen that shit. All right, all right. Is that hey, the show? Hey, do you want to say something really nice about our, our, uh, our audience? Our overlords? First because of all... We don't get we don't cash those checks. Here's the thing. I want to say nice things about Showtime, and I will, but my hunch is... The people who are like mad at the most at Showtime, they don't know what we're up to. Because if they saw someone shadow boxing off a dong, we'd be fired tonight. Uh, oh, hey, we got fan mail. <laughs> we got fan mail here. What is this? Hold on, I'm not going to open it. I'm not going to open it. Let me see. I'm going to open it. I'm, I'm not going to open it's it. It's from Ireland. Dude, there's going to be like... There's going to be powder in there, right? Yeah, there's going to be smallpox in this. All right. <laughs> Although I've got smallpox vaccines. Remember in 2001, people were milling each other powder and pants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we get some of Dude, that. I was in the military to like take this vaccine. All right, we got a card here. From, Let me see. We got to show it to me too. Hold on. Hold on. There's room for everyone on the nice list, even you. Shout out to Elf. And this is where you get AIDS. Wow, look at this. To Luke and Brian. Thanks for all the great content in 2019. Can't believe it's free. Yeah. Morning Combat is an outstanding show. I'd say more nice things, but Jay is in my ear telling me to finish up. <laughs> Have a great Christmas and superb 2020. All the best. Des from Cork, Ireland. That is great. Bitch, we are worldwide right that now. That is right? great. That's what I'm talking about right wow, there. Wow, what Des, a card. Our number one fan. And that really is real, man. Like the postage on this thing, that's real. I love that shit, all right? How come they give it to you and not to me? Luke, we can't have a show. Unless we have people so... Also, how did he find the fucking address? So, uh, that's a good point. This is, uh, this is a... That's a little uh, unusual, right? This is a right? random bunker here in Jersey. Um, did he find the actual address? Bro, he got it right on the... Like, he got it down on perfectly. He must have called somebody, or I don't know. Maybe that's he's... a little sketch. Maybe he's watching us right now from your laptop viewfinder. Maybe that little maybe. hole at the top. It's a nice yeah. card, though. All right, all right. Hey, shout out to Dez right there. Shout out to all the weird people, all right? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? They show up and Not watch, an 80s reference, but yes. and watch our damn show. Yes. And I love it, Luke. Because here's the thing. I would do this over the phone with you for free. I don't believe that, but we are getting paid. So it's a nice thing to say. I mean, look, here's the reality. Who gets paid to do this? And who does this in combat sports? Seriously. Serious question. Most people in combat sports are putting out cringe content. Yeah. Most people in combat sports are nerds. But then there's a couple of cool people that when they get together, they produce something better. But in all seriousness... This audience is unlike any other audience, I think, for any other show. This show is unlike any other show that we have in combat sports. Yeah, you're damn right. And we're only trying to take it to the next level. 
2020. 2019 was a great year for us. We did, what, what episode is this, 24? We gotta get Look, the fuck out I of here. I mean, the microphone explodes, oh, so late. We gotta shattering the, the mold, right? I mean, that's what we do on this show. Um, get the, right? Yeah. Get the, get the F out of the commode, right? It's gonna be a, uh, it was a great year. I, I can't thank Showtime enough for this opportunity. It was if this is our last episode, which there's many reasons why it could be, could be yeah. there's a broken frame picture of two guys touching dongs over there. And that, mean, will be, that will be our legacy, Brian yes. Campbell's infestation of dick touching. I will say this. Um, shout out to Andy King for teaching us about teamwork. Shout out to our crew, all these people behind yes. here. Round of right, applause right. for everybody. Yes. All right. Ashley didn't clap because... I just raised my hand. Yeah, but that yeah, doesn't really count, a, does it? Yeah, doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, do? I love this shit. Luke, do you know when we signed up for this? Uh, I know, because I gave you a phone call being like, don't do anything, I've got a great offer coming. I was like, you know what? Remember that? Remember that phone this call? This is another thing that I do, and it's great. Then but it now... Be- then it became the, the, now best, it defines your the life. best thing going, Luke. The best Salute thing Salute to right? you, Brian This Campbell. is a real moment, Even people. when you ruin shit this by being 30 moment. minutes late. All right. Mm. That's pretty good. You want to do it? You want to do it Colombian style, real quick? Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean where we, where we get high and shoot each other? Uh, that's actually your drugs, not Colombia's drugs. One more time. Ready? I'll show you. So you got to go. It's up, down. This inside, is very back. Danny Segura right here. Yeah, but you know what? It's a it's a good luck thing. How about okay, that? Okay. 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 So uh, arriba, you got to clink, pa bajo, clink, um, pa centro, clink, pa dentro. Take it. Us Lithuanians, we just touch dongs and drink it, Luke. All right, all right, that's what we do. Okay, it's a simpler time. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, All right. So here's our social. You can see it on the. They're gonna put it up here. If you want to follow us, uh, give us a. Hey, do you want to? You want to? Hold on, fucker. Uh, If you want to follow us on all this stuff for, uh, let's see, Twitter, for Instagram, and then of course, give the video a thumbs up and then subscribe to the channel. Tell folks about this show. Please, 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 please. please. Anything else you want to say before we go? Because I have to. What what number do we have to get to subscriber-wise before we can? Unleash J on the masses. Ooh, 75K. 75K. All right. Not quite to the 100K. He can be seen at 75K, but until then. Did you know he's a director? He stays at the Wizard of Oz. He's a singer-songwriter. He's a... Well, he's mostly mediocre. He's a podcast co-host. Yeah, he's mediocre. What are you going to do? All right. right. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed 2019 as a combat sports fan, as well as an audience member of this show. That is Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time. Wait, what, Jay? What the fuck, Jay? Why are you interrupting me on my fucking sign-off? <laughs> oh, fuck Brian Campbell. There's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time. No, fuck it. May all your games be loyal. Bitches. <laughs>